sports listeners. I'm your host, Erica Salda, the queen of team. Please tune in every single Tuesday. This whole hour of Santa Barbara Teen Athletes. Woo! And we're talking all athletes. Good morning, Santa Barbara. You just landed on Teen Sports Radio. Wheels are up. It's another beautiful morning. Um, Our thoughts and prayers go out to some parts of the country that has really gotten hit with some horrible 200-year-old storms. New York, Jersey. Louisiana. uh, Louisiana. It's horrible. Tennessee. Tennessee. So... You know, it's hard to wrap your brain around that when you're living in such luxury. But I here Dominique, in Santa Barbara, yeah, Dominique and I have actually taken time every day and just a moment of silence just to pray for those who haven't had any electricity. These power these power grids are out. Um, probably not going to get any electricity for months. And I know there's a lot of uh, rescue relief services out there for you if you want to throw in a couple of bucks. Um, we're big uh, believers with with all the work that Anthony has done with the food bank, and I'm sure Red Cross, any of those um, nonprofits and organizations, and and this is what our whole community hour has been about is to link nonprofits, businesses, and the kids all together. So, if any of you out there. Uh, know of any anything that you could do to help now's the time to maybe take you know 30 an hour and and four we we could do anything here and it doesn't really matter i remember uh we have Lori cortez in the house how you doing Lori? and there's always uh, my kids uh went to state rayfields and then bishop and i know high schools and uh, all elementary schools do this when you have somebody like Lori cortez as a teacher always thinking about how you can raise money, whether it's for, you know, kids in Kosovo or Africa or whatever. We always, uh, the ki- the teachers, uh, my whole life, I've always been touched by that, has found something that needed resources. So it's like bringing old shoes, bringing right. all these kinds of things. And then logistically, you could just figure out ways to get it there because they're going to need all of that. Um, mm-hmm. And I was looking at our closet, and it's time to clean house this yeah, weekend. Clean, so. clean house and donate. Yeah, definitely. Lori. And the high schools have some great organizations, too, that really deal directly with um, areas that have natural disasters. Direct Relief is one of them. Yes. That, uh, a lot of my students are involved in all over the country, actually. And yeah. so they have a lot of different chapters, and it's just a great, great way to get involved and help people while you're doing that. So it's a win-win. It's a win-win for the students that get involved because it shows community involvement and it's so much of a win for the areas that really need the assistance. Yeah. It, you feel good. I, it's just like every single day, I, we, we really make it more of like a, a mantra. It's like, oh, what can we do for somebody today? So it just, either it's a phone call that you haven't talked to somebody and you know that, you know, they're having, um, um, a hard time right now because they're caring for their parents during COVID because they're way up in years. Right. Just to, you know, take that time and, and make that phone call and say, Hey, I'm thinking about you, you know, how you doing? That kind of thing. So anyways, Don Sanders had something to say. It was a beautiful day in the neighborhood yesterday in Santa Barbara. And I, I had a chance to come up. I know there's the adage, uh, it's better to give than to receive, but I was able to receive from some wonderful body work from my, a certified rolfer friend, Zachary Frank, there in the Paseo Shopping Center in the tower. And uh, then I was able to connect with my daughter on her day off. 
And she took me to a wonderful Indian place on the very European walkable street, State Street there. And uh, then uh, she surprised me. She whipped out some paper and, and uh, watercolors and brushes and said, let's paint. Oh, that's beautiful. It, it, was, it was quite wonderful to get uh, creatively absorbed uh, at the table with her and hang out. Nice. Nice. Oh, that's so beautiful. Super nice. So, so, so beautiful. Nice. What do we got in here? We got Dr. Amy Salsman's in the house. How you doing? Dr. Amy, we've been talking about how uh, connecting the kids with the horrible weather that is blowing through our country right now and uh, connecting to the needs of all the communities that are without power and electricity and have extreme flooding. So we've been uh, discussing how teens can join up with nonprofits and and do something that makes it send all the mental and emotional support that's needed. And that's right up your alley. And we could talk about mental and emotional weather if you want. <laughs> well, that's that's <laughs> it. perfect. That's awesome. <laughs> Christine Marie, how are you doing today? Oh, un- unmute. There you go. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, you know, I've been really focusing on my internal weather, <laughs> we'll have to say, and really <laughs> connecting in, um, taking really early morning beach walks and connecting in with that piece that I can hold inside me is hoping that that piece will actually, um, you know, help with the world's peace. That's, that's mine. That's mine. Nice. That's a beautiful, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. We all, you know, we, we shifting and we're changing and it's just, it's just that kind of last couple of years. I don't know how long it's going to last, but it is definitely like a bouncing ball. Definitely like a bouncing ball. Um, let's do this. We've got a big show today. We've got, Lori Cortez going to be coming up right after these messages. We are back, and this is Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salter, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in. Every single Tuesday, 9 a.m. Hi, everyone. This is this is Lori Cortez. I'm the founder of College Coaching Services, and I'm I help students. I guide them through the college application process. You can read about me on my website, collegecoachingservices.com. And if you have questions, you can email me at collegecoaching1 at gmail.com. That's the number one. I wanted to talk a little bit today. We, we began the show by talking about, you know, the different uh, areas around our country and around the world that are suffering so much. And Erica and Dominique brought up some great points about ways for people to get involved and, 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 and stay connected. And I, my high school students um, are looking, you know, always looking for ways to build their resume and get involved and help people out. And there's some great organizations out there that, um, that I would advise students to look into because as I mentioned before, it really is a a win-win situation when you get involved with your community or the global community, it really benefits students as far as building their resumes and ultimately submitting strong applications. And it also definitely benefits those that need it in in our global community. So I mentioned Direct Relief. That is a great organization. The Red Cross has wonderful programs to become involved with. Um, There are there, there are many national organizations that, you know, that you can just Google national um, community service organizations. 
and also students, it's never too difficult to start up your own organization. So if you see a need in a community and, you, and it's not being met, you can start very small. You can just start with one or two of your friends and you can start by identifying something, you know, uh, an area in your community that needs help. For instance, um, I know in the Santa Barbara community, there's a, uh, I, I'm missing the exact name of it, but it, it helps the homeless population. And um, it's a sock drive that many students become involved in. And it um, basically donates new socks to to some people in the homeless community to, to benefit them. So it's things like this. It's one small act of kindness can really grow and can really benefit other people. So that's kind of my, my soapbox mantra for the day. But I wanted to let you know that um, if you are, whether you're a freshman, sophomore, junior, or senior, building that resume is really important. And volunteer work is one way of doing it. So seek out, initiate, research, find a way to get involved, either with your local community or your global community. So that being said, um, many of the many seniors are in the throes of their college applications right now and um, busily writing all of those fun college application essays. Also, making sure that they're still building their resume, still earning strong grades. So, it's quite a busy time. Um, for seniors, I just caution you, stay, stay on top of your deadlines. Make sure that, you know, you're, you're completing your essays well ahead of the application deadlines. You're, com you're completing the application sections well ahead so that you can submit well ahead of the deadlines. Make sure to review, review, review. So, Write your essays. Have your parents review them. They know you best. They can provide great feedback. Revise them. Have other people review them and help you with, you know, grammar and, and, and editing. And then same thing on the applications. Make sure you're writing in, you know, the activity descriptions, things like that in full sentences. I have seen people write in text message form. That's not oh, okay. No, no. For applications. Yes, yes. True. Not okay for applications. So still, you know, correct grammar is very important. Juniors, um, I know, you know, you're back in school now. So, so it's kind of an exciting, yet a little bit stressful time because you're getting used to, again, a different type of learning environment. Keep doing what hopefully you were doing during COVID earning strong grades, building your resumes, seeking out ways to become involved. Start thinking about, you know, your intended major and start researching possibilities to get some experience in, in that major, possible internships or shadowing people that you know that are in those career fields. Can I ask you a quick question about that? If you don't know what major to pick, but you just pick something, do you try to uh, allay students' fears that they can uh, either change the major or take a minor or something later on? How do you speak to that? Yeah, that's a great question, Dominique. So there's a statistic out there that says that about 85% of college freshmen actually do change their major. So my advice for my students, if they're not sure what they want to major in, I always advise applying into maybe a less impacted major. Certain majors are generally impacted at the universities, the STEM majors and um, business also. Those are those are impacted majors. And if a student isn't sure, they should open up, you know, possibility of getting acceptance and then deciding what they want to do. And then hopefully, you know, choosing their major, maybe sophomore year of college. 
some schools don't allow you to transfer majors, so you have to you have to research the university specifically and, and be careful of that. But uh, some schools are much more strict on transferring into, especially the impacted majors. Private schools are generally more um, easygoing about that than, than the public universities. That's a really good question. Yeah, well, and it is tough, you know, to find out who, who expects an eighteen-year-old to know what they want to do for the rest of their life. So it's rare that that students really. Sometimes I do have students come to me and say, I want to be an engineer. That's it. I've wanted to be an engineer all my life. I don't want to do anything else. Well, if that's the case, then you have a lot of work to do because you definitely want to get some type of an internship and to make sure that you're taking classes in that area and things like that. So, okay. yeah. Dr. Amy, you have a question. You're on, you're on mute. Unmute. Unmute. <laughs> Thank okay. you. Um, a couple things. Since Anthony's not here, I wanted to give a pitch for people volunteering for his organization and also the Red Cross, both of which I volunteered for. And they not only will you be helping others prepare for emergencies, but you'll be helping prepare yourself for emergencies at the same time. And I think I should always follow Lori. And be able to say right now, notice you're in, whether you're a parent, a student, a grandparent, a friend, notice your internal weather, take a deep breath, allow the thoughts and the feelings that come up when you hear Lori start talking about college applications and just keep breathing. <laughs> or what I would suggest is just hire Lori like I did for both of my sons and go on vacation because you don't need to do anything except turn over a credit card occasionally, you know, for a few incidentals. And then I, and the answer, oh, always the response for the seven years that I had the blessings of having her in my life on that, um, the whole college process, because I was her, John, John, my youngest was her youngest summer of eighth grade because he's a handful okay so i got to say that's a lori a miss cortez question is what i said miss cortez because we were very formal so mrs cortez will tell you everything that you need to know when you're on a need to know basis the, the nice thing is when you check your internal weather and you breathe and relax you get promptings when we need additional help yeah and it and your your body and your mind goes gosh I don't have all the answers, and I would feel a lot better if I had a college coach. Yeah, definitely. Well, if you if you paid for a batting coach, how could I not have a college coach? It just doesn't even make it doesn't make any sense. You know? Thank, Thank you. you so much, Lori. Thank you, Doctor Amy. Yeah. I do want to say, you know, Amy's um, idea about uh, trying to manage stress is really important, and I think that when students start the the application. Thinking about the application process as, as sophomores or juniors, it reduces the stress because they're making progress toward their end goal. And they're, they're not all of a sudden thinking as a senior in October, what am I going to do? I, I, ha I don't know anything about these applications. I don't know if I'm prepared. I don't know. So, so I think my, my philosophy always is that organization does help to, to reduce stress. And it is so important, especially in this climate we're in, to, to, to take your temperature for sure. Nice. Well, Lori, I, you got you can stay with us a little longer because usually you bolt out with the student, but I set you up first because I want you to stick around for this next section. It's a big okay. surprise. Dominique is going to lead us. Sounds and good. Wheels, wheels up in two minutes and two seconds right after these messages. All right. Well, now together we will stand. 
this is the Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salter, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Hi, this is Dominique Hackett with uh, Santa Barbara Wellness Center and Teen Sports Radio. And you've joined us. We're in the middle of discussing. Today is Tuesday, September 7th. And we've all enjoyed a long Labor Day weekend. And we've been talking about the weather, the extreme weather the United States has been experiencing. And then uh, Lori Cortez, if you didn't catch us earlier, was discussing college coaching and what the kids should be doing in order to get ready for college and high school. Well, um, Lori, to, to dive into uh, part of how you prep kids to do their essays and so forth, I was just wondering, do the kids know the uh, most read dialogue in uh, Western education? Do do they do you do you ever reference the most read dialogue? Do you know what I'm talking about? I expand. <laughs> <laughs> so the most read dialogue in, in in Western education is Plato's Republic, and I was just reviewing it the other day because I was having a, a political conversation with uh, one of my children, and I was realizing that the. Declaration of Independence and the United States Constitution, neither one of these two documents mentions democracy. And so um, I was just looking through all the different things that I learned as a kid. And when I was in my teens, I read Plato's Republic. And so I went through some of some of the old notes and you can get really good cliff notes on Plato's Republic and so forth. But um, one of, there were two things that brought to mind in discussion about preparing for this and so forth. The first thing is, if a teen has not read Plato's Republic, Plato's Republic touches on just about everything in life, including possible afterlife. I mean, not only does it talk about uh, possibly good ideas to govern or how we should govern, but um, it also talks about many different topics that make up for a happy life and how do we gain wisdom? And I was just thinking that if someone didn't have any ideas for writing an essay, they may want to dive into reading, rereading Plato's Republic and get some really excellent ideas about what to expound on. Um, the other thing that I found interesting in talking about our mental health and, and weather and so forth, Plato's Republic has a, a whole lot to do with two basic questions. One is, what is justice? And how does justice apply to communities and also to the individual? And I was thinking, Dr. Amy, sometimes when uh, I'm doing a check-in on my own mental health, there are times where I feel uh, a lack of justice. And that's what's um, uh, making me uncomfortable and uh, cr increasing my anxiety. So I just thought as a group, maybe we could talk a little bit about anyone's experience in reading Plato's Republic and then also some of the various ideas that are contained in it. Okay, so what I want to do, I'm going to be honest, complete transparency. I might have crushed those cliff notes, okay, but I just don't have a memory. Let's just say that of the whole plate. But I guess what I did, I ordered it on Amazon, the Audible. So in a few weeks, we're going to retouch again on this. And we might have this ongoing Plato's Republic theme. We'll see how long, as soon as I get caught up. But I, I'm looking around the room. I know Dr. Uh, Dr. D has something to say. Dr. Amy has something to say. So we'll go with Dr. Amy first. Okay. Well, the first thing I want to say is I actually wrote 
my college essay on the question was who would you if you could talk to anyone in in history who would you talk to who would you choose to have a conversation with and mine was socrates yay <laughs> so uh and that college essay was apparently successful the and i also forget my plato and my socrates however um i have been looking a lot at anger healthy anger forgiveness justice and accountability and how all of those are intertwined and i don't want to derail us but i want to say that maybe we can talk about it later today or on some other day but those i think what's happening now is that people people are reacting out of anger rather than using any healthy anger skillfully there are things that are worth being angry about and then we want to choose how we respond we want to choose how we seek justice we want to choose how we hold people accountable and we want to practice forgiveness um because it keeps us clean and healthy and we're not carrying baggage around so i'll stop there for now it, like it, it. Re it restores harmony when we have when we practice forgiveness it restores harmony which is what leads to a happy life it's so interesting to me that many of socrates uh the conversations that plato wrote down in regards to socrates conversations had to do with happiness um dr d you were going to say something well, uh, first of all, I just want to correct uh, all of you. It's Socrates, okay? That's uh, first of all. <laughs> that is that is uh, that is a dated reference to Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Um, you know, I, I this is one of the things that kind of came to me this afternoon or this morning. Uh, and, and it was in a conversation I had with someone, and I said that this particular individual that we were talking about, I said, he is very rarely one to make decisions uh, in a, of a snap fashion, a knee-jerk reaction. Uh, usually he waits. And with what you said, Dominique, about the Constitution, I'm sure in the preamble is the same thing, uh, and so forth, it's like, Wait a minute. What do you mean there's no reference of democracy in our founding uh, documents? Then what in the world has happened? You know, where where have we and and this is the next question I've got is where have we gone astray if in fact that is the case? Uh, and so forth. So I think that yeah. uh, it's really interesting that we've all jumped. We have all and when I say all I'm talking human uh, americans going back to uh, even the 1800s and the 1700s i don't know when this became a democracy but it's like well, wait a minute where's your source information because it ain't in the constitution but this is yeah, one we, of the we are actually we a republic yeah you're correct yeah. we are a republic we're mm -hmm. not we're not a democracy but we work with the ideas of democracy uh -huh. um, mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, I'm sure there are other uh, co-hosts that can add in. 
um, I believe in a lot of current forms of government, we have shifted to parliaments. And so we, uh, essentially we have Congress. And the idea is if we can elect uh, an enlightened and wise leader, that that enlightened and wise leader will lead a parliament or a Congress in the right direction. And so that's kind of, um, I believe, the experience of democracy that we're hoping uh, is is working well, for, not only for the United States, but all around the world. Uh, maybe some others can add in. And I'm, uh, what I'm trying to do is connect teens to the importance of reading some of these more ancient uh, documents because they contain, Plato's Republic contains a thought experiment. So mm -hmm. Socrates is taking people through an imaginary city and imagining different ways of governing that city and how justice is felt by the individuals and by the community. And this is part of why reading these old dusty manuscripts is so important <laughs> for these thought experiments. Yeah. Richard, you have something, Richard Ellsworth, you have something you want to add? You look like you're enlightened right now. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what can I say? It's nothing to do with nutrition. I don't know. Have you ever read it? I have never read it. For, for whatever reason, it was not something that came around in school. I, I became very close to taking a classics class in college, in, in which case I would have had to, to read it. Um, I think I've read maybe one or two sentences that I've had to translate from Latin at one point or another. Um, but the whole the whole concept of... Uh, justice, what pops out at me, because, you know, my mind is always zeroed in on, on nutrition and, and, and health and all of that. Um, we often, I think, get this feeling that things are out of our control or that things are not just or that justice is not being served. And, you know, that can relate to a larger picture, you know, as a country or as a world. But it can also relate to ourselves and our own lives on a, on a smaller scale where someone is treating us in a way where that, that we don't feel is, is just. And sometimes, typically more often than not, that can lead to the emotion of, of anger. And there's actually an amazing homeopathic remedy that calls for this. It's awesome. <laughs> I know, right? Of course there is. It's called, <laughs> it's called uh, Staphysagria. Um, and Staphysagria is the, the Latin name for a plant called Blue Delphinium. And blue delphinium is, is, a, is a toxin, right? So if you were to consume that flower, you would then feel these emotions. But in the homeopathic form, it helps to work out these emotions. And it helps you to work them out in your sleep. So you take the homeopathic remedy, and then you dream about scenes where you feel out of control, where things are not just. And it's, it's pretty challenging. And you wake up sometimes feeling a little bit, a little bit put off. But then usually within, I don't know, five, ten minutes, it dissolves and you go through the day feeling just kind of satisfied and blissed out because you got rid of all of that baggage. And those emotions of not being in control manifest physically, usually in your, in your colon um, and, and your, your small intestine. So you start to get this feeling of kind of gas, bloating. Um, that sort of thing. Maybe you start to feel like foods aren't agreeing with you. You start to worry you have food intolerances or allergies. Oftentimes, this is actually repressed anger or a repressed sense of things not being just. And sometimes we get to the state of, of, of letting go, but we're not actually letting go. What we're actually doing is we're letting go consciously, but we're driving that issue of not feeling in control of things not being just, of justice not being served, and we repress that down or we just say, okay, I'm, I'm not going to worry about it. 
but then we don't get to process that through. We store that energy inside of us, hits our, our intestines, they react, we get the gas, we get the bloating, but the homeopathic remedy, the Staphysagria, helps to just work that right out. So I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to totally change directions there. I love it! I was whispering to Dominic, this is so cool! I love that! Well, um, and maybe, Dr. Amy, maybe you could speak to, um, oh, yeah, and Christine, too, speak to the, where you uh, feel out of control. What are the first steps that you tell teens when they're dealing with that emotion of feeling out of control? Let's go, Dr. Amy, Christ, do you say Christine first? Yeah. Uh, uh, Dr. Amy first, Dr. Christine. And then, uh, Lori, I want you to finish out the uh, segment, because I know you got to go. All right, go ahead, Christine, or Dr. Uh, Dr. Amy. Dr. Amy, I'm sorry. So the first thing is um, I want to be careful not to perpetuate the myth that we're always going to feel in control. So the first thing is noticing kindly that you feel out of control, checking in with yourself, taking a deep breath or as many deep breaths as you need, maybe doing a feelings practice like we've done before. And allowing space for the wave, and we can talk about this some other time, but the wave of the emotion to pass, we can't force the feeling to pass. And sometimes the harder we try to get control, the more agitated we get. So it's like, and then one other thing, and I think we've done this before, but just a moment of self-compassion, putting your hand on your chest, acknowledging this is a difficult moment. I feel out of control. I feel angry. I feel scared. And I'm going to offer myself kindness and compassion. And maybe I'm going to seek out kindness and compassion from someone else. And that doesn't mean the outside circumstances are going to miraculously change. But when we slow down and do these steps, then we are much more likely to be able to respond to the situation skillfully. Mm. And that actually restores our sense of control. Because when we act out of all these crazy emotions, we often make things more out of control, not less. Mm. Ah, that's so beautiful. Christine. Um, So I just wanted to start out. Hopefully it's okay with everybody. This is Christine Marie with a view from the deck. Is that? I have never read Plato's Republic or don't know if I can even reference it. So I just, I just Googled it and it said, what's the main point of Plato's Republic? And the answer is Plato's strategy in the Republic is to first explicate the primary notion of societal or, po- or political justice, and then to derive an analogous and an, 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 an analogous analogous concept of individual justice. Plato identifies political justice as harmony in a structured political body. That's in books two, three, and four. And I, so I just wanted to understand what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, I ordered it. Don't so worry. You can borrow Plato's it. Plato's Republic came about... Uh, well, actually, uh, Lori can probably speak to this. It came about after war. It was the war between Athens and Sparta. And, and Sparta, and Sparta won. Um, and, uh, go ahead, Lori. Do you ever work with your students on Plato's Republic? I... Not in the college uh, form, I don't. But but I do think that a lot of the um, the symbolism and, and and the lessons students can take out of this would be very important. And social justice is a main focus of of 
it is a main focus of students in our community, in our global community, too. So I think you bring up a good point, Dominique, when you, you say that students may learn a lot, you know, from reading this, if it's not already required in their, their literature courses or their, or their English courses. Um, one thing that, you know, just back to college applications, because that's what I'm thinking of, but, but one thing that a um, couple things that universities look for when they're evaluating the applications, they want to get an assessment of the student's intellectual capability, their critical thinking skills, and if they reference something like this and turn it inward as to how they're kind of working with the lessons that they have learned and f- from reading, that would, that would be quite, quite a strong essay, I would assume. So. Yeah, I always like it when you start it with a quote and then you reference it and then the, you embody that paragraph or whatever based on that. So, Lori, we love you when we get our visits from Lori Cortez. First week love of every single lot. Thank you so much for sticking around a little extra. Let's go uh, back Great to, to Dr. Amy Salsman right after these messages. Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salt of the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Hi, welcome back to Teen Sports Radio. We've been having a fun conversation about Plato's Republic. This is Dominic Hackett, and we've been talking about uh, kids doing their college entrance exams, teens getting ready for college. And part of what we brought up in Plato's Republic has to do with social justice. And we've had a brief conversation during our break about bullying that occurs in relation to social justice. And some of our different uh, co-hosts have different ways to help teens deal with understanding, first of all, understanding the basis of what creates a bullying situation, and then what are the various nonviolent ways that we can interact and hold our space, hold for our voice, but also honor um, the need for justice. Christine, you wanted to offer some ideas about the basis of, of bullying? Um, well, I want, what's, there's a couple things that are coming up for me. One is this, you know, in, t- in terms of bullying or different things like that, there's, there's like the languaging of whether someone's an agent or a target. And then if you're aligning yourself, it doesn't matter which side we're on, we can always target people if we're in a place, position of power. So it's really understanding who we are and, and, and if we are ganging up on somebody or ganging up on other people and why or what's going on in us for that, that's happening for that. The other thing that is coming to me is, funnily enough, the serenity prayer from the rooms of the ACA, Adult Children of Alcoholics Anonymous and Dysfunctional Families, which says, you know, God grant me the serenity to accept the people I cannot change, the courage to change the, the ones I can, and the wisdom to know that one, that one is me. So it's holding my own sense of, of independence of what I know is right and what is 
true and what is appropriate and of, of holding that for myself and for everybody who's around me. And I think it's really important because I have a zero tolerance for bullying of any kind. Um, and so I don't, um, and I'm for targeting of any kind. We all have the right to learn at our own pace, to do our things the way that we're doing, to stumble, to fall, to be foolish, to, to be wise and to trust our own process and to trust the process of others. And I think that's really, really important to take into, um, to, to take into find, um, to take into consideration when we're thinking about what's happening, what people are doing, why they're doing it, why it's so different than what doing. Well, it's because it's what's right for them. And I will, and I will stand up forever for what's right for somebody, as long as what's right for them is not putting somebody else down or making somebody else feel like they're, they're doing something wrong or bad. Oh, so beautifully put. Dr. Amy. So um, I just wanted to add a couple things to what Christine said. So first of all, um, we left out someone really important because there's the victim, there's the perpetrator and the bystander and the bystanders have way more power than we often think. The other thing is there's good data to show that people who bully um, often bully from a deep-seated sense of insecurity and self-doubt, and they've been they've been bullied somewhere in their past, or abused, or neglected somewhere in their past. So there's this simultaneous. Again, this gets back to this idea of compassion and forgiveness coupled with justice and accountability. So I can have compassion and understand that the reason this person's behaving the way they're behaving is because like there's the saying, hurt people, hurt people. So I can understand that and have compassion for that and have forgiveness for that. And at the same time, stand for justice and accountability and say, this behavior is not okay and we need to support you in doing your healing work so that you do not feel the need to get your sense of validation and approval and love from bullying someone else. Nicely said. Don Sanders. I was thinking along similar lines of what uh, Amy said. I think uh, thinking back to uh, bullying, ex bullying uh, episodes in school and things. It's it's um, one thing said. The bystanders need to speak up because you're sort of you're you're complicit if you if you're mute when you see something that's being done and you don't speak up about it. So that's a really important piece. But I think the bully also feels like they're not they're not on solid ground. I think they feel like the sand shifting below them, and so there's a myth that propagated that, uh, you know, if you're tough and uh, you try and control, then it's a very weak or flimsy attempt at control, but it, uh, it's a prop to, to feel like, well, then, then you'll feel solid. Then you'll feel like you're on solid ground. But really any self-reflection is going to, is going to show you that um, it's the wrong, it's the wrong choice and it's the wrong way to go. And that you're going to have to, you know, dig a well um, or dig your roots where you stand. Eventually it, it comes back down to, you know, your individual response. I mean, 
something needs to be i think something needs to happen externally maybe to neutralize a bully's full expression of you know being a bully but it comes back down we need to dig our roots where we stand and it's it's the hardest thing we'll ever do yet if we if we undertake that work there's there's just a world of satisfaction there does that make sense yeah richard you want to close it out for the section before we close out the show i will richard looks busy so I was just going to say, Don said something externally needs to happen, right? And for me, that's actually, and I've been looking at this a lot lately, it's looking in early education, identifying kids who have what are known as adverse childhood experiences or ACEs and healing them, providing them the support to heal when they're young so that as they grow up in school or in professions, um, they don't become abusive, abusive classmates, abusive coaches, abusive teachers, abusive clergy, right? If we heal people when they're young, then the cycles of abuse will stop. Nice. Well done. All right, let's take a little break. We've got a little section before we close out the week. Stay tuned for more after these messages. Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Eric Assault of the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Hi, this is Christine Marie with A View from the Deck. And we're talking about, oh, Plato and politics and the, the, um, uh, social justice and, and bullying. And um, what I wanted to talk about is when I was a kindergarten, what's brought, come to mind from our most recent conversation just before the break was that when I was a kindergarten teacher, um, one, uh, we had just come in from recess. One little boy said, saw these other little boys and just said something horrible. And everyone was just, <gasps> and what I did immediately was I dropped to my knees and I put my hand on that little boy's heart. And I said, oh, sweetheart, your heart must be hurting for you to have said something so horrible. What's going on? Are you okay? And it was such a different way of dealing with bullying. It was about really touching that child's heart and seeing how hurt he was. And I think it was really, as we were talking, it was just as the visceral picture came to me of that moment. And also at that time, I also pulled a card and the card that I pulled is the queen of cups, which is the queen of hearts, which is the queen of divine compassion. This is mother Mary, Quan Yin, Venus on the half shell. And it's really about filling ourselves resourcing ourselves with as much unconditional love as we can have connecting in with the earth connecting with the high holy connecting in with those we love and giving that to ourselves so that we have it to give to others until we're filled ourselves until we realize that that pain that we're striking out to hurt other people is really coming from our internal pain and healing that pain and blessing that pain that's when we all really start to heal so thank you for giving nice me. well done <laughs> To close out the show, what I just wanted to add, since we are in a uh, masked up situation again here in the county, and you could look at it either or, 
uh, it could cause a division. And I just think this group of kids that we have coming up right now, they're the uniters. They're going to be the ones that are going to be carrying the torch. And I really, truly believe that they everybody's going to embrace the freedoms that we have in this country to choose. So I'm looking forward to looking at that and maybe talking about it in 10 years from now when we look back on all this. And I really appreciate all my co-hosts here today. Don Sanders, Dr. Amy, Richard, Ellsworth, Christine Marie, my, my bestie here, Dominique Hackett, and of course, our producer. Every single month, I bug him for... You know, his time with all the commercials that he puts out for us to help connect the community. Of course, they're all donated, have been donated for the last 12 years. So if anybody out there knows of a business or a nonprofit, we are here to help you. All right. Thank, Thank you, you all. D. Thank Dr. D. God bless. Smiles. Smiles throughout the week. See you next week. You're the best. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow.